Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call it Coast and floorboards and shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Standing by to answer your home improvement questions about your do-it-yourself dilemmas, your decorating projects, your fix-up projects. We know there's something going on in your house that needs attention right now in addition to your spouse or perhaps your kids. <laughs> so take a look around and call us at 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. We are here to help you get those jobs done. Now, one project that people do a lot these days is clean because mm-hmm. they're getting ready for all of the folks they are going to come to visit. Well, there's one appliance, though, that you should not touch before people come to visit. You should not clean it. You should not do anything but use it in the normal way that you do. It's your oven. We're going to tell you why in just a bit, because you could break it. And we want you to let in a little light to brighten your homes this winter. And we've got a great idea how to create a room with a view even when there's no window. Plus, we're going to take the temperature of the housing market from an expert who follows the ups, the downs, the ins, and the outs. We're going to talk to the real estate writer for CNNMoney.com. There's never been a better time to buy. And sellers, on the other hand, are not as lucky, but they've got some options, too. We're going to give you the tips that you need to know in just a bit. And we've got a great prize this hour. We are giving away the first alert combo smoke detector and carbon monoxide alarm worth $55 to one caller that we talked to on the air this hour. So pick up the phone and give us a call. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's first? Andy in Alaska is buying a foreclosed home and needs some help. Is this a big project? What's going on with it? Huge. This is the one that you wrote your book for. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I've got mold. I've got standing mold. I've got mold from a leak in a roof. I've got wow. uh, poured concrete walls with water coming through them. Man. I've got a bad grade on the outside of the house. Mm-hmm. This thing has no gutters on it. There's deck all okay. the way around. Well, that's a good place to start to control your moisture. You do need to have gutters because if you don't, all the water off the roof is going to land at the foundation perimeter and exacerbate this problem. So that certainly is a good place to start. The grades all the way around the house have Mm -hmm. deteriorated towards the house. So in that case, do you have enough height on the foundation where you can add soil and have it slope away without covering the siding? Yeah, they already did that once, but I think over mm-hmm. the two years with the flood, and right. with the flood, well, it, here's what I want you to do. I want to make sure that you're using the right kind of soil for major regrading, and it's not topsoil. You want to get clean fill dirt, have it graded against the foundation, and have it tamped in place. You want it to slope down about six inches over four feet, and then once that slope's established, you can add a little topsoil on top of it. But tend, people tend to use a lot of topsoil when they're regrading, and it's a mistake because it's you know like throwing sponges around your house. It doesn't help the drainage. Helps the plants, doesn't help the drainage. And is this a forced air heating system? 
It's a boiler. It's a hot water. Okay, so it's a very humid heating system. Because you're probably, do you have central air? Uh, no. Okay. Because you're probably going to need a dehumidifier as well. I was going to tell you, if you had a ducted system, you could put it in a whole house dehumidifier. But if not, you're going to need a portable. But you could put it on a condensate pump and have it pump the water out as it collects it so it doesn't have to uh, be something where you have to empty the bucket all the time. Oh, that's cool. Yep. Easy to hey, do. Hey, guys, thanks for everything. You're welcome, Andy. It sounds like you're going to need to call us back with all that work. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad we were able to help you today. Yeah, I'll I'll give you a call and tell you how it all turned out. You do that. Thanks so much for calling us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Sounds like we could do an entire show around Andy's house. He needs the help, it seems. (laughs) Hey, buying a foreclosed home is a big adventure. He's got a good attitude about it, though. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Now you can pick up the phone and call in your home repair, your home improvement question, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We are always here to lend a hand at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, are you doing a little fall cleaning to get ready for the holiday season? Well, dust and vacuum to your heart's content. But don't touch your oven. We're going to tell you why next. 888-MONEYPIT. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. You know, every year around this time, we've got to set those clocks back. Spring ahead, fall back. So now, when you set your clock back, do you also remember one other thing you're supposed to do in your house? Tom, do you know what that is? Uh, Change your smoke detector battery. Correct. And that's a great rule of thumb to follow, and you should do it this time of year. And you need to change your smoke detectors completely every 10 years. So this hour, we've got a great prize that can help you do just that. We're giving away the first alert combo smoke detector and CO alarm. Now, you can get smoke and carbon monoxide detector technology all in one. It's worth 55 bucks. So give us a call right now at one eight 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 Money Pit for your chance to win. 888-666-3974. Now, are you getting your house ready for friends and family to visit? Well, there's one thing you might not want to clean. Go ahead and vacuum and dust to your heart's content, but think twice before you turn on your self-cleaning oven right before the holidays. Studies show that many ovens tend to break or perform inconsistently just after a self-clean cycle. So, worst time for you to test that oven. Like Thanksgiving is- morning? Well, yeah, or <laughs> the, night, the night before and have the whole thing go kerplunk. Aye. And then you're stuck with a raw turkey, which is not a really good thing. So nobody checks the inside of your oven anyway. Just go with it. <laughs> a little carbon's good for flavor. That's what I say. <laughs> 888-666-3974. At least that's what my wife's always said when <laughs> the occasional burned meal comes out. Not, honey, I'm only kidding, honey. <laughs> You're in trouble now. Give us a call right now. Get me out of this mess. 888-666-3974. Who's next? Joanne in Connecticut is dealing with a wall of windows, and she needs some help. What can we do for you? Um, I have three windows all in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're fairly new windows, but it's not that I feel a draft coming through them, but I would like some kind of warmth in the room as far as, you know, the darkness that the wall, you know, that the windows um, So is this, a, is this an issue of temperature or a decorating question? Well, it's an issue of temperature, really, although, like I say, it's not a breeze. It's just that it, it just feels cold Well, you feel coolness the on the glass. Right, right. And um, 
Also, too, because it's a west-facing room, right? I in the summertime, I deal with the glare coming. It's a very small room, and my television's on the opposite wall. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, kind of, I, I do need to pull something down um, at certain times of the afternoon to keep the glare off the television. Are there any sort of dividers between these windows? Are they operable, or are they just like sheet glass with a frame around them? No, they're operable windows, um, and I do have a fourth window that wraps around the corner. Mm-hmm. However, um, I want to say I want to treat the three windows in a row as one unit mm-hmm. because I'd like them. I'd like whatever covering I use or whatever kind of shade I use to inset well, into that. Here's mm-hmm. a couple of ideas. First of all, you might want to think about looking into window films. Uh, 3M is probably the largest manufacturer out there. They have dozens of different types of sun control window films that will be very effective at reflecting back that UV that you're feeling in that room in the summer. Mm-hmm. In so terms it'll of control the, that glare. Right. In terms of the winter, you know what might be a good option here is cellular shades. Cellular shades are sort of like honeycomb and they sort of put an air mass, a contained air mass, between the glass Does and Levelor the rest. Does Levelor make those? Yeah. I actually have some Levelor uh, honeycomb uh, uh, cellular shades in my house, and I really like them. We put them in for a TV show years ago that we filmed here, and I never took them out. Oh, good. And I think they're great. Because if you have a good, ni- you know, a very nice insulated shade like that, what happens is right now you have warm air from your house that strikes the cold glass, it cools, and then you get this convective loop where the cold air falls and, and causes a draft. Simply mm-hmm. by putting the cellular shade up there, it breaks that path. Now, and you don't Tom, feel are those it easy to clean? Uh, you know, I, I, I hate to tell you this, but I haven't had to clean mine. Really? I mean, they don't get dirty. You oh, know? well, that's It's not good. like we're ignoring it. We clean the windows, but the, the shades just get a little dusty, and we vacuum them. But we've not had to do anything else. You know, it's like it's not like the old um, uh, Venetian blinds where they used to get really, really dirty and gunky Super and you have to soak them in the bathtub. It's not like that. These things stay pretty clean. Sheldon in Washington, D.C., you've got the money pit. What can we do for you? I live in about a 12-year-old house with uh, vinyl siding. It's never been cleaned, but all of a sudden we're getting all kinds of uh, literature advertisements in the mail. They, they say our siding needs cleaning. And I'm not sure, it is, does it need cleaning? It, does it need cleaning in the spring or in the fall? And um, do, how do I do it? Do I, do I hire the guy that says he uses high-pressure steam, or do I hire the guy that says, no, he has cold water, but it's got chemicals in it, and that's, that's what we need? Well, first of all, is your siding dirty? Uh, there is a spot that has some dirt on it. I think it's from the shade. Mm-hmm. If it's a small area and you can clean it yourself, Sheldon, then you don't have to hire a guy to do it. I mean, the advantage of hiring one of these house cleaning guys is they've got the gear to do it. They've got the tall ladders. They've got the pressure washers yeah, and so on. Yeah, they'll get every nook and cranny, and you don't have to worry about falling off of anything. But if you've got one spot of some mildew growth on there from a shady area, that's something you can definitely tackle on your own. Yeah, it's not okay. that hard to do. Now, if you do want to hire somebody, they're going to probably want to use a pressure washer. And if that's the case, um, you have to make sure they don't use too much pressure because the convenience of that pressure washer is is really that it just has a, a, a very long spray so it can reach up into tough areas. With vinyl siding, though, it's very, very soft. So if you don't use sort of a fan spray on it, uh, then you could damage the siding. So really, the, it's the skill, not so much the, the, the amount of pressure that uh, comes to play here. In terms of, of any type of a house wash, there's different types of siding washes that are 
mildicides, and certainly um, those can be effective in helping keeping uh, the house uh, clean. Some uh, companies prefer just to use bleach, but uh, whatever you do, you need to kind of protect the plants around the foundation Mm because if you put too many chemicals in there, uh, they're going to be damaged. Okay, Sheldon? Thank you very much. I had one more question. They say I also need uh, a sealant, uh, some kind of wax sealant after it's washed. Uh, I don't think so. (laughs) No, I don't think so. You don't have to wax. You don't have to hot wax your siding, okay? (laughs) <laughs> no, the siding is fine just by itself. So if anyone's telling you that you need a sealant on vinyl siding, that would be the guy that I do not hire. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome, Sheldon. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You know what, Tom? I saw something interesting at the home center the other day. Um, the folks at Clorox sort of wised up, and instead of just selling the bleach in the bottle, they've now created a whole line of cleaning products to handle siding and mold growth and outdoor projects and indoor projects. Well, it's about projects. time. So it's, it's really time, interesting. because people have been using that stuff for years. Exactly. And they even have it in two different fun applicators. One sort of attaches to your own hose, so it becomes like a pressure cleaner. And the other one sort of has like a pump system built into it. So it's really smart, and it's very useful. Last time I um, had my house painted, the uh, the painter uh, would only use Clorox. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really does and work And it came out super bright. I was like, are you still going to paint it? Because it looks pretty good. <laughs> You're like, wow, you did such a great job on the paint. He's like, thank you. 888 <laughs> 3974. Who's next? Yvonne in New Hampshire, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? We had a new porch put on with pressure treated wood, and I guess that's what you call it. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, this fellow that did it, he put on a gray primer, which is, was latex. And before it was totally dry, he put a top coat on. And um, it took about a year before. The paint hardened, mm-hmm. and then when people walk on it, it, it just uh, left their shoe imprint on it. If I sand it, I'm going to be using more sandpaper than the store has available. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so I was thinking maybe I should use um, a paint remover. Yeah, I think you're going to need a paint remover. And you're going to need scratch. a yeah. You're going to need some rock miracle or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. For latex? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're yep. going to need some sort of latex paint remover. If you head over to the paint aisle at your local home center, there'll be many choices for you. You're going to need quite a bit of it. And you want to work in manageable areas and, you know, apply it as to how the instructions say. Let it sit there, do its work, and then remove it in the same manner. Some will be via pressure washer. It really depends on which product you choose. But you're going to have to get down to raw wood to start from scratch and let everything dry and make sure that that lumber is super dry before you apply anything. Oh, thank you very much. You're welcome, Yvonne. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Brian in Colorado is calling in with a flooring question. How can we help you today? Well, uh, we had a carpet problem in our in our basement there with uh, when you walk on it, it crackles and everything. So we were told the, the basement flooded a couple of times and everything. So we decided to go ahead and pull the carpet up, and uh, lo and behold, there's asbestos tile up underneath the uh, the carpet and the uh, padding there. And we we're wondering what's the cheapest and most economical way to uh, to get around uh, total removal of that asbestos tile. Uh, would we be better off sealing it with a wax or something, or 
how would we go about doing that? What's the end project? What are you going to replace the carpet with? Um, either we're going to put uh, some other flooring on there, like mm-hmm. maybe some parquet, or we're not okay. really sure yet. Well, I first of all, the asbestos that you're talking about is vinyl asbestos tile. That asbestos is contained inside of a vinyl binder, so the risk of exposure is pretty minimal. Mm-hmm. Unless you start crumbling it up, right? Right. Are those tiles um, sticking well to the floor, or are they loose and falling apart? What do they look like? Uh, there's two or three that that will come up. Um. Okay. Then here's what I would do. If you're thinking about other, some, some sort of hard surface flooring, I would go right on top of that. I would leave it alone. I see mm-hmm. no reason whatsoever to pull that up and, and get into that big mess. Uh, you might want to think about looking at laminate floor. Because when you put laminate floor down, or even engineered hardwoods, you put a very thin, like soft underlayment underneath it. Usually, uh, it's like about a roll of foam or something. Yeah, it's very, very thin. And you put that down, and then on top of that, you put the laminate flooring or the hardwood flooring, and it just stays that way. It floats. It doesn't attach to the floor, and looks great. Very durable. Very water resistant if you go with laminate. And I see again no Perfect reason to for take the basement. up. Yeah, no reason to take up uh, that asbestos. Okay. Well, thank you very much, guys. I will keep that advice in mind, and I sure appreciate your show. You guys are wonderful. Well, thank you very much, and we hope that helps you out. You bet it does. Thanks a lot. HVAC maintenance is on Eileen in George's mind. What can we do for you? I was wondering, um, I have to maintenance my uh, furnace. It's a new house that I have, about three years old. What do I need to do? Why do I need to do it? (laughs) Okay. Eileen, I, I guess suffice to say you've never done any maintenance work to this furnace before, well, huh? No, actually my mother used to do it. She's okay. no longer she's What passed. kind of furnace is this? Is it gas? It's an electric heat in there with a heat pump. Oh, it's a heat pump. Brand okay. New. All right. Well, if it's a heat pump, then you may actually not need to do too much because the service for the heat pump is essentially the same as the service for the air conditioning. A heat pump is essentially an air conditioner that's got a reversing uh, mechanism so that it can actually heat in the winter and cool you in the summer. It's not like having a gas furnace where right. you know you have to run that in the winter and, and it gets dirty and needs to be cleaned separate from the air conditioner. But have you did you have the air conditioning system service this summer? Yes. Well, I think you're probably okay then. There's not much else you need to do. Now, just because it's turned to heating season, you don't have to actually do something extra because it's the same service. You essentially have a compressor. Now, um, you know, the only other thing you might want to make sure that you're doing is changing those filters on a regular basis or installing an electronic air cleaner. But other than that, that. there's not much that you need to do. Okay. All right. Thank you very much for your help. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Hey, coming up next, we're going to get a check of the housing market when we talk with Les Christie. He is the real estate writer with CNNMoney.com, and there's some good signs out there that things might just be coming back once again. We'll have that after this. and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And are you thinking about buying a home this fall? Well, perhaps you're worried that you've missed the boat. Interest rates are edging up, and the first-time homebuyer's tax credit is about to expire, but you still might be able to take advantage of the current market. That's why we've got writer Les Christie joining us now. Now, he works the real estate beat for CNNMoney.com, and he's here to fill us in on the current state of the real estate market. What's going on out there? 
There are a lot of um, good things happening, a lot of good metrics. Uh, improvement is being shown uh, in, in several areas. New home, More new homes are being sold. More existing homes are being sold. The prices are stabilizing, maybe even going up a little bit. But those, those improvements are from very low levels. So mm-hmm. it, 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 it's, it's a good thing, but it's, it's just a little bit better than bad. It's just a start. <laughs> Aren't you, Mr. Positive? <laughs> mm-hmm. At the same time, there are some negatives still. Uh, foreclosures continue to be a huge problem. Well, it would seem that uh, in spite of uh, what you just said, there are some good opportunities right now for people mm-hmm. that are thinking about getting into the market. So this first-time homebuyer's tax credit has been seen, seems to be doing pretty well, but that's about to expire. But even having said that, prices are low inventory is plentiful. What would you tell somebody that's thinking about buying a house right now? How do they get the best deal? Well, I think they should shop. I mean, houses are at their most affordable level in almost 20 years. So that's really, really good news for buyers. Um, but there's, there's a lot of things they can do. Uh, one of the things they can uh, shop online to, to really uh, get a good feel for the market. You can see a whole lot of listings in a very short time. And you get to understand what the prices are like. Then when you go out really shopping physically, seeing the the houses, you have more of an idea of what you're doing. What about tips for the sellers? I mean, really, when you're on the opposite end of the buying end, you're the seller and you want to do well yourself, how can you still do well if you've got your house on the market where you can see maybe a positive return? Well, one of the things you have to do is when when you when you have to sell the home, you have to price it correctly from the get go. I'm sure you know that uh, more people will see uh, a listing when it first comes on the market in the first couple of weeks than we'll see it for the next six months if it doesn't sell right away. Right. So, once a home is is overpriced and people start stop looking at it, it can get stale very quickly. And even if the seller drops the price right away. It, it still won't get the kind of action, the kind of shopping that the, the initial uh, placement on the market will get. So first impressions count in more ways than one. Not only do you have to price it right, you've got to really grab those folks as soon as it comes um, onto the market. We're talking to Les Christie. He works the real estate beat for CNNMoney.com. Any particular areas of the country doing better than others right now, Les? For buyers or for sellers? <laughs> yeah, well, how about for, how about for buyers? There's a, a lot of business going on in California these days. You know, that was, of course, uh, probably the hardest hit uh, state from the um, housing bust standpoint. It was it was a big bubble state, and, and now prices have dropped oh, more than 50% in some areas. Uh, there's also a huge number of foreclosures coming on the market, and the buyers, especially first-time home buyers, are snapping them up very quickly. Uh, We've had reports of homes going on the market, foreclosure homes, on a Friday and by Monday having had 50 or 60 bids on them already. Wow. Wow. We're talking to Les Christie. He works the real estate beat for CNNMoney.com. Les, let's talk a bit about the first-time homebuyers tax credit uh, mm-hmm. Programs getting a lot of uh, a lot of play, a lot of talk about this in the media. Perhaps some conversation about extending it, but it actually it's up. What the end of this year? Uh, no, December first is uh, it lapses. So the last day to get in, you have to close on the deal too. You have to take oh, possession man. of the house November thirtieth or before, or else you don't qualify for the credit. So I mean, considering how long it takes to go from contract to closing, uh, you're pretty much you may even be too late right now. 
Well, if you have all your financing in place, pre-approved, and uh, you shop real hard between now and the end of the month, you might be able to get in under the wire if you find a place. Do you think it'll be extended? What's your uh, gut reaction on that? There are five bills before Congress to extend it to <laughs> some degree. Uh, some of them will extend it all the through uh, 2010. And um, also, they want to expand it as well and, and make it available to every home buyer, not just first-timers. That would be great. That makes a lot of sense. Les Christie for CNNMoney.com. Thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Very informative. Thank you very much. Up next, we're going to tell you how some creativity and some inexpensive craft supplies will let you let the light in, even if you don't have a window. So stick around. Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by the new Rheem Heat Pump Water Heater. It's easy to install and more than twice as energy efficient as any standard electric water heater. The new Rheem Heat Pump Water Heater qualifies for federal tax credits. For more information, visit www.reemhpwh.com. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone, give us a call right now. You know the number. It's 1-888-MONEYPIT. One caller we talked to on the air this hour is going to win the first alert combo smoke detector and CO alarm. You'll be protected from two of the deadliest dangers. It's worth 55 bucks. So call us now for your chance to win at 1-888-MONEYPIT. And you must have a home improvement question. All right, pick up the phone and give us a call because we'd love to hear what you're working on. And now we've got a tip for you. We've got the decor du jour this hour. This is your decorating tip of the day. And this is a great idea for a view from your kitchen, even if you don't have a window. What you need to do is buy a light box or you can even create your own. Now, a light box is something you would get like at an art supply store. Maybe you were looking at um, a negative or a slide or a transparency and you need something backlit inexpensive. I mean, you can get ones that are super high end, but you don't need something like that for this project. So don't spend too much money. Or you can actually make one with some fluorescent light tubes and decorative wood. Head over to the home center, go to the lighting section and tell them you want to make a light box and people will be surprisingly helpful. Now, once you've got the light box or your homemade one, you can then insert a transparent photo of your favorite view, or you can create a piece of stained glass artwork, anything that you like. Transparency is key. And then it'll be illuminated from behind and when you place some plastic over the top of the box put a nice frame around it mount it on your wall voila instant view it makes you feel like you're looking right out the window except maybe you live in new york and suddenly you see bora bora i think it's a win-win good idea 888-666-3974 give us a call right now with your home improvement question who's next dd in minnesota is having an issue in the bath what's going on um my question is um when we take a shower, we do have a vent in there, but yet the walls uh, sweat, where mm. you can kind of see it drip down and everything. I have a solution for you, Dee. Cold what? water showers. <laughs> no. It will completely eliminate the problem. Now, it, it's condensation, obviously. And right. uh, what kind of a ventilation system do you have in that bath right now? I, I don't know. It's just a vent that we have up in the ceiling. Okay, well, I suspect it's not doing its job. Um, it may be, you know, a real weak, wimpy vent, and you need something that's a lot stronger. So they do have bigger vents. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah, and they're not all only sizes. They have, 
that they have bigger vents. Um, you know, the, the best kind, have you ever uh, you know, like checked into a motel room and you see that there's a vent, but there's no switch for it? Typically, those are remote exhausts where you can actually have uh, the exhaust fan, say, mounted up in the attic, and it's ducted right to each bathroom in the house. And once that comes on, it pulls a real strong uh, draw from the, that moist area from the bathroom and takes it right outside. I suspect you probably have a, a real wimpy bath exhaust fan here that's doing that's not doing the job. What I would do is I would improve that bath exhaust fan either by replacing it with one that's designed to pull more moisture out of that space or install a remote bath fan. And most importantly, in either case, make sure you put a timer switch on so that that bath vent fan can run for 10 or 15 minutes after, after you're done your shower. with the shower. Because there's still moisture in the room, and then you've got the window, you've got the door open, so you're dealing with the mix of air temperatures. The condensation appears more so at that point. So if you run that fan longer, you're going to get that moisture out. All right. Well, thank you. You're welcome, Dee. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Heading way out west to Hawaii to chat with Frank about the toilet. That's what you're calling us about? You don't want to invite us surfing? <laughs> this is probably a very stupid question, but I just have asked people, and I just cannot get an answer. Okay. Is, okay. Is there any way to control the amount of water in the toilet bowl itself? Have you replaced a flush valve or a fill valve lately and hadn't seen the water go down? Has anything like that happened? Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. This is, it's just, by design, it just doesn't seem to have too much water in it. Right. And if it has too much water in it, uh, is there any way I can decrease the amount goes into the bowl? Is this a high-efficiency toilet? Uh, yes, I guess so. Okay. I would suspect that however much water is in that toilet, it's designed to have that because the engineering on these toilets is such that they, they put the right amount of water and they also widen the trap and they glaze the inside of the trap. That's the, the path the waste flows through on the way out. And they do that so that, so that they can be assured that when you flush the toilet, it's actually going to work. And that's as far as we're going to go with that explanation. But you know what I mean. <laughs> so I, I wouldn't, if I was you, I would not mess with that. Hey, I thank you so much. You're welcome. Sorry for the dumb question, but, but no thank you No problem. Anyway. <laughs> no problem. No dumb questions here. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. I think Frank's got way too much time on his hand out there and, in Hawaii. And the worst is now there's a whole host of scenarios going through my mind about why perhaps there might be too much water in there and what causes <laughs> the water. And I'm like, I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> Larry in Wisconsin needs some help with a possibly leaky water heater. What's going on? Um, our house is uh, roughly three years old, and in our utility area, we've been noticing damp spots on the floor. Okay. And and when it does get uh, a lot of humidity outside, too, I've noticed uh, some on my garage floor also, but it's just in those certain areas. Yeah, and the fact that uh, you're noticing it in multiple places and it's consistent with uh, moisture, moisture outside uh, leads us to believe that this is a problem with drainage and not a leak. And okay. so what's happening is water's collecting around the outside foundation. It's pushing down that outside foundation wall. It can actually push up under the footing or certainly be drawn through the concrete or drawn up into the floor. And you're seeing the evidence of that in this, in this staining. So the solution here is outside the house. You need to check the gutters, make sure they're clean, they're free-flowing, they're not dumping water anywhere near these areas. And secondly, you need to check the grading and make sure the soil slopes away. And you want it to drop about six inches over four feet. And you don't want it to be done with, with a lot of top uh, soil or mulch, but clean filter that you can pack and tamp down so that any water that hits it runs away. All right. Sounds good. 
Thank you. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, we've got a question from one of our Facebook fans about why he's getting condensation between the panes of the window glass. It's a very common question, and we've got a solution coming up. On the Money Pit Radio Show. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Fit Home Improvement Radio Show. Whether you are a follower, a tweeter, or a fan, you can be in touch with us 24-7 on moneypit.com, Facebook, or Twitter. Speaking of which, we've now got a uh, an email here that came in from Jim, who's a Facebook fan, and he writes... All right, Jim says, I am having window problems. They are double pane thermal windows. Several have frosted up between the panes. Can I just replace the glass, the movable parts, or does the whole window have to be replaced? They are hung in aluminum frames. Hmm. Yeah, you know, that's not really a great window, the ones that are in aluminum frames. And so this is not the least bit surprising. Jim, Mm -hmm. you can uh, go to a glazer, a company that can actually measure and replace and order for you new thermal panes. You can't do it yourself uh, because those have to be made at a factory. They have to be vacuum sealed. They have to have an energy efficient gas like argon put in between the panes of glass. And so it's not really a DIY project. However, you do not have to replace the entire window. It may be cost effective to just replace the windows that have the bad glass or just replace the glass themselves. All right, next up, we've got one from Roma in Washington who writes, We're finishing a new basement apartment in a 1920s house. We cut an exterior door hole in the concrete foundation, and the whole house fell down. No. <laughs> now we realize the bottom of the door foundation is almost seven feet to the ground surface. Wow. We need to protect the house from water and install stairs. It appears we will have to dig down to drain the water away from the cement pad area outside the door. Is there another perhaps magic way to do this the apartment is nearly ready to live in but we need an exterior entrance to get there yeah you're going to need a pump Um, you're going to have to install a drain system that's at the bottom of that well that collects the water and pumps it up high enough so it can drain into say a sewer pipe or an underground drain pipe that Mm -hmm. takes it out to the street there's no way to make water flow uphill, which is exactly what you need to do in this situation. Um, however, you can install a pump. kind of works like a sump pump, but it's a lot stronger and a little more industrial in terms of its strength. All right. I hope that helps. And good luck with your new basement apartment. I hope we're not hearing from you shortly with, you know, tenant nightmare. Probably should have <laughs> thought about that before you put the shovel in the ground. Seriously. But enjoy <laughs> being a landlord. It's a lot of work. And remember, if you've got an email question, you can reach us on moneypit.com by clicking on Ask Tom and Leslie, or you can post your question on our Facebook page. you got to be a fan, though, so head on over today and do that. We're looking forward to meeting you. Well, you might be planning some big holiday meals, but did you know that there's one time when turkey and stuffing don't actually go together very well? 
Leslie serves up the answer in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. That's right. Are you planning a big holiday get-together? We want to make sure that you avoid the worst by making sure that you follow proper food prep principles. You never, ever, ever want to prepare food on a surface that was previously touched by, say, a raw turkey or any raw meat or raw poultry. You want to make sure that you thoroughly clean and sanitize all of your cutting boards, your countertops, and your utensils that have come in contact with raw meat. You also want to make sure that you wash your hands too. That's going to prevent spreading harmful bacteria. The last thing that you want is anybody in your family over your house at an emergency room because of botulism, food poisoning, any of that. So make sure you wash your hands a lot, clean your counters, clean your cutting boards. If you practice safe food prep, everybody's going to enjoy the meal. No one's going to get sick. The only thing we're all going to feel is that our pants are a little too tight. So happy (laughs) cooking. 888-666-3974. Pick up the phone and call us any time of the day or night with your home improvement question. Coming up next week on The Money Pit, we've got your step-by-step to repointing stone, brick, or concrete. Now, if you do it right, it will look great and last a really long time. We'll have the tips to help you get that job done next week on the program. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 